Welcome back, everybody. Uh, still been in a little bit of a hiatus here with the COVID-19, but we figured it's time to circle back and uh, catch up on the turkey season. Uh, we're in the middle of May right now. Uh, we've had a few weeks, more than a few weeks, actually, to get out into the turkey woods. And uh, we've had some fun experiences and, and whatnot. We still have a little bit of time here in Minnesota uh, and Wisconsin, so... I uh, just thought we'd kind of circle back and share kind of some of our experiences and uh, some of the stories that we've had so far this year and what we've learned. So thanks yeah. for getting, joining us for another episode. Yeah, thanks for joining us. We're, we're very new at this, so there's a lot of things that, that I've learned this season that I feel like I like to reflect on and put in the memory bank for next year and hopefully not repeat mistakes and Oh yeah, and, uh, have some new successes because of it. For sure, yeah. It's like we're both new, and there's a lot to be. Yeah, like literally every time I've gone out, I feel like I've learned something new. What you know, some little thing. So yeah, that's part of the fun. It's part of the process, and I don't think you can necessarily learn all of the things before you get out there. It's just you got to go experience it. So um, yeah. Yeah, so we've had some fun. So I guess just to hop right into things, you had some uh, you had some good stories sort of early on in the season, right? Yeah, I had a lot of action right away. So um, in Minnesota, we opened was it the eighteenth or something? The fifteenth? Yeah, something. Around it's there. middle of April, yep. and uh, we both are bow hunters, so that means that we can hunt the whole season, middle of April till the end of May. Um, which is really great because, well, for one, it gives you more chances to be out in the woods. But there's a lot of differences in the way you can hunt and things. And it provides a lot of opportunities to try different things as well as just see how the behaviors of the birds change throughout that time frame. And um, maybe as we tell these stories, I can kind of talk a little bit about what I've noticed this year. Because this is, this is the most I've hunted in any given season. This is my third season, so... I'm already starting to notice some things that are um, different as the as the turkey season progresses. So um, that first weekend, I was hunting over at a a family friend's place, and they have about six acres, and then a few neighbors in that area have about five acres each. So I've got about fifteen acres over there to hunt, and there's turkeys everywhere. Uh, I've hunted there the last couple of years. Last year had some success. And so went out on Saturday morning, got in nice and early, set up the ground blind, and there was gobbling everywhere. I mean, I didn't I didn't necessarily know exactly where the roost was, but I knew I could get pretty close to it. The roost was on another property that I didn't have permission on, so I had to stay within the boundary and just kind of get as close to it as I could. And they were right on the other side of that fence. And in fact, I actually could see them. One flew, a hen flew out of the roost out of this pine tree and landed about 20 feet from my ground blind that morning, which that's never happened to me before. That was, it's incredibly loud. (laughs) They're just huge, clumsy birds. So, um, and other than that, I didn't have a whole lot of action. I had a lot of hens. I had a, a tom 
on the other property that I didn't have access to that was strutting. I could see him. He was probably 20 yards into the woods, and he just was strutting back and forth. I think he could see the decoys that I had set out, and he just was going to strut there and wait for the hens to come to him. So he had real no, no real interest in coming into a more of a clearing area. So morning was kind of uneventful, and then the evening was was great. I mean, uh, at that time of the year, the sun went down at about 8, and I didn't see anything till about 7, and then I had immediately 15 turkeys come in at once. <laughs> wow. And it they were just so noisy. I could hear them coming before I could see them. They just kind of were kind of putting back and forth, kind of cluck into each other. And I think I counted that nine of them, nine of them were hens. There were two Jakes and then uh, two Toms or so it was roughly, I couldn't count them all cause they kind of scurry around pretty fast. And all of the turkeys, but one went into the, into the trees can close to that roost. And then one Tom, stayed in my area and was strutting there and there was one hen actually that was working up into my decoys and he eventually came up the hill and i drew back at him and i shot in my arrow i have uh lighted knocks and i could see that the the arrow went wide left of that turkey by like two feet and i had, had no idea what happened there was a loud loud like smacking noise that came from the bow or what I thought came from the bow. So I was looking like, Oh no, something, something broke. Did I, my string break? Did my, my sight come loose? Did my rest come loose? I, I had no idea what happened. So, um, that Turkey got spooked, ran into the woods. I kind of let him, I could hear him fly him up, flying up into the roost. And I got out while it was still light. And I shot a few times, to make sure, um, at a target to make sure that everything was still where it was set to be. And so I quickly learned it wasn't anything going wrong with my bow cause my arrows were shooting fine. And, uh, it turned out that I hit the, there's a branch that was about two feet out of the window of my ground blind, um, on this deadfall pine. And I deflected my arrow off of it. And you could actually see there's a, there was like a scrape that went across that branch. So crazy. That deflected my arrow. <clears throat> and that's actually something that I, I've heard archery or like bow hunters, deer hunters and stuff have had happen before. It's kind of one of those things. If you can imagine that your arrow is below your sight. So when you're looking through your sight, you could be looking over obstacles that your arrow flight would would hit. Yep. And so what I, and that usually happens if the, if the thing that's too close is really, I mean, is uh, in the way is really close. Yep. That's so what that's happened like to me on my first deer. Exactly. I hit a stick in, in the tree that I was sitting in. I couldn't even, I didn't even see it. I just didn't, couldn't see it through the sights, but I hit it. Yeah. And so it's kind of a bummer, but I, it, I'm glad it went that way. I would rather have, a deflected arrow completely missed and to, you know, get a bad hit on a turkey. So we're really any animal that I'm hunting. 
so that was super awesome. And then I, I called you on my way home and, uh, I talked to the landowners about the ability to, to bring you out there with me the next morning. Cause I hadn't seen turkeys like that ever just that in that amount and with that much vocalization and that much interaction was pretty awesome. So we went out the next morning and if you want to share that story, Jake, that was, yeah, that was pretty cool too. Absolutely. So we got out there, like you said, at probably five o'clock, um, hit nice and early. And, um, I had been out on that property once before to help you help you track deer, but didn't really have too much familiarity with the, the whole scenario. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, you, we got there and your dad joined us and, uh, you had a, your blind kind of set up and your dad had a spot and we all went into the woods and you, you guys kind of told me where to go. And I just tucked into, um, I don't have a blind or anything. So I just have like a, uh, piece of like camouflage fabric that uh, I stretch between like two sticks or hang amongst a couple trees and then I, I tuck in and just try to use that as like a makeshift blind. So I found a, you know, the, sort of a corner area of this opening and set up a couple decoys in front of me and I could see your stand. I don't know, you must have been 70 yards away or something like that. Mm-hmm. We're pretty close amongst each other, but you know, we all just want the same thing which is to have somebody get a turkey so um it's a small piece of property so it's all good and um yeah like right away just crazy amount of gobbling like i didn't i wasn't really aware i knew that we were getting underneath the roost but it was pretty cool to you know that was the first time i'd been out in in the season and just be surrounded by turkeys it felt like uh they proceeded to gobble for what, like the first hour of the morning or something. I yeah, mean, it was yeah pretty extended period of time that they were gobbling, um, and then the gobbling kind of toned down a bit, but the the strutting was like, I think you called it a drum line. Yeah, um, yeah. I can't really do the noise, but it's like. You know, it's kind of like a grouse, like a, just a deep sort of woo, like this strange deep noise that you can, it's It's like, it's kind of hard to hear. It's like you almost, yeah, you more like feel it than hear it in a weird way. Um, and that just like, they just kept strutting for what felt like another hour. Um, and you and I were calling intermittently, but, uh, just so happened that like nothing showed up. I, I had one Tom that was just over the ridge to my right behind me. Uh, mm-hmm. He must have been within 40 yards, but I just couldn't see him. Yeah. He, he never peeked his head over. Uh, and he was on the other property, so I couldn't have shot him anyway. But uh, really cool to be that close. But we, we sort of gave it till 9 or 10 o'clock uh, that morning, and we got out. And your dad had to take off, so we we just sort of were deciding what to do. And, you know, I had kind of decided I was going to hunt that day. I think you were itching for a little bit more, so we were kind of trying to plan on what we could do. And uh, we decided to kind of go looking for him. So we walked around a bit. We actually went back down to where your dad was uh, hunting, and we talked to the landowner who said that they um, 
like to strut around in a field, like another property that's not uh, their property, but an adjacent field, like during midday. So we set up and we thought we'd give it another two hours or so. And we could, I could hear them gobbling off in this field, so I knew they were there. Uh, but I think you were down in like a pond, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's something I, uh, that's a learning experience too. I, I set up in a, like a poplar tree thicket down by this pond and the frogs were so loud. I, I couldn't hear anything yep. down there. And the, the tough thing about that field is that there was enough elevation. There's enough rise in that field that if there was a turkey, we'll say more than 50 yards away, you just wouldn't see it because yep. it would be on the on the other side of the crest of that hill. So it was it was hard to not have line of sight. And also where I was just completely, I couldn't hear anything. Yeah, and that's a good point. I mean, I think that I, I don't have any real sense of distance um, from hearing, but like if I were to put a guess on it, I would think that they were probably certainly over a hundred yards, probably 200 yards away. Like there were, you know, it seemed like quite a, quite a ways off, but I could hear distant gobbling. Um, so I kind of just thought like this would be a miracle if they could come. We were both calling, um, you know, who knows they could show up. And I had, uh, my Jake decoy and a hen, uh, at about 12 yards in front of me in this clearing. And anyway, we had, uh, eventually sort of gotten worn down and we were like, all right, well, it's probably not going to happen. They're not, they're not coming our way. They've been quiet for quite a while, probably an hour. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think I texted you or we texted each other like, well, let's, let's call it. Let's wrap it up. And I, I proceeded to like, you know, put my quiver back on my bow, put my arrow back in, uh, start to, I have like, you know, a, a padded seat and just kind of organize my things. And the last thing that I was going to do was take down this, this fabric blind. And I reached up and grabbed the center point, which is the high point and pulled it down. And right in front of me, probably 80 to a hundred yards away was a turkey standing in the shadow of a cedar tree looking like coming my way. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, just coming in silent. And I quickly, I think I saw the beard and I like quickly, but you know, smoothly put the, put the thing back up the, the blind. And I texted you, I said, you know, stop, I got turkeys coming my way. And I just was like, I don't know. I hope you see this cause you didn't reply, but I started to, you know, get prepared. I got my uh, arrow knocked again. I, I, my release was off. I put my release back on. Like <laughs> I'm totally getting reset up here. Um, and I, when I relooked at for the turkey, I he wasn't there. He was. He had started walking off uh, to the side, up into this again, like the cedar, uh, like pine tree, little grove, towards where Mike was. Um, and I gave a little call. I saw him walking through the trees. I gave a little hen call and he stopped and started walking towards me. I was like, oh my gosh, this is, he could be coming right to me. You know, come on, Mm -hmm. baby. (laughs) And then I looked, uh, I looked again and I see a hen come out of the trees. And I I was like, I could have sworn that was a Tom. And then sure enough, the Tom was right behind her and they were walking towards my decoys. And 
at right about that time, I look out of my corner of my eye and I see Mike cresting this hill from the field. <laughs> like an idiot. And he never got my text. And <laughs> he, like, luckily, I think, saw this was happening right away. And, like, he stopped. The turkeys were walking away from him, so they didn't see him. And I, like, I saw that you saw me and maybe the turkeys. And I just was like, all right, just game on. And I drew back my bow. And uh, this Tom walked right up to my jake about 12 yards and went nose to nose with him and i he was right in front of a tree but he walked you know just slightly past the tree and uh yeah i took the shot and before you go any further let's yeah let's leave it on a cliffhanger for a second because <laughs> the perspective i had on this was pretty crazy so the I was. I had a ground blind. I had packed up all my stuff. I hadn't checked my phone, and I left all my stuff um, in a pile with my my bow and everything. And what I wanted to do was just go walk up into this field to see if I could just see if there's a turkey up there, because we knew that they'd be strutting. So it's like, well, where where was that turkey that we were hearing? And as I got to the top of that little crest in that hill, I looked to the right, and I was probably 20 yards from those two turkeys. Mm-hmm. And the first thought that went through my mind was like, wow, Jake's decoys look really <laughs> realistic. <laughs> and then I realized you know, that they were within your decoys already. And so I hit the deck you know, immediately crouched down behind a cedar tree and watched as Jake kind of came out of his crouch and drew back on this turkey. It was so cool to watch. It was so <laughs> much fun to watch. And I'm glad that I didn't screw it up because no, I, I was mean, immediately nervous that, like, because I, I was so close. They could well, easily spotted me. It and, wouldn't be a, you know, something to mess up. Like, we had both said, like, we're done. Like, it, <laughs> how, when does that happen that... You know, basically you're climbing out of your tree stand or something and, and a deer walks by. Yeah. You know, that wouldn't have been something that you messed up. It would just be, <laughs> you know, an unfortunate little thing there. But, like, it was just crazy how it happened. Uh, they showed up at the last minute. Uh, so, anyway, yeah, I, I make the shot and hit hit the turkey pretty square. Uh, he jumped up and probably flapped, like, what seemed like 10 feet in the air, maybe you know, maybe six to 10 feet in the air uh, flapping and some feathers went flying. And, uh, I had seen, and we had experienced before we lost a turkey and I've just, you know, watched videos on YouTube and stuff and people like seem to get after him really fast. Right. Um, get up and, and get the turkey. So I, without thinking, like put my bow down and, and ran out of my blind to like try to go grab him. And before I could even you know, make any tor- movement toward him, he landed and started running towards uh, this little stretch of woods. And I was like, oh no, that, that run looks pretty stable. Like he looks, he's not pretty wobbling. Unfazed. Yeah. He's like, seems like he's running pretty, yeah, pretty normally. And I was just like, was basically just confused and like, what just happened? 
I thought that turkey was dead. Like I, I, I hit him right where I thought I should. I watched the arrow go through. I had a full pass through. I knew that. Um, and I decided to just stay on him. So I ran and tried to cut him off, um, and ran through this little clearing and there was a big open cornfield. And as I got to the corner of that, I saw a turkey like running, you know, kitty corner across the field into another big section of woods. Um, and I, you know, pretty positive that that was the turkey, but I, you know, I lost eyes on him initially, so I don't know. It could have been a different one, but I'm pretty sure it was him. Um, yeah, and so we went back and, you know, looked at the arrow and looked at the shot site, and there was not one drop of blood to be found, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, there was feathers everywhere. Well, not everywhere, but there were enough feathers that, like, I certainly hit him good. I, I saw, you know, I, I shot a lighted knock as well. I know exactly where I hit him. Um, but suffice it to say, we searched for two hours, I think, and never, yeah. never found him. So that was a bummer. That was my first animal that I've lost, uh, hunting and I felt pretty bad about it. Um, so it was definitely like a, yeah, bad feeling. I, I didn't expect it. Um, yeah. it was a really kind of a chip shot shot. It was super short and right in front of me and he had no idea I was there or anything. So kind of a hard one to explain. Um, but yeah, I guess it happens and I don't know. I played it back a, a, a bunch of times since then. I, I think I told you right, you know, that day I was like, I felt good about the shot and I felt like I hit him where I thought I needed to hit him. But, um, yeah, I think it's just a learning thing. I think yeah, probably studying a little closer where exactly to shoot, but the anatomy of a turkey is just so, it's really hard to distinguish mm-hmm. with, behind all those feathers. You know, the, the kill zone in a deer is very obvious. But on a turkey, it's really difficult because, you know, they could be slightly puffing up their feathers. They could be in some, you know, they could be standing straight up. They could be kind of angled down feeding. They just can be oriented in so many different ways. And to try to figure out where that golf ball size vital zone is on a turkey is, is really hard. Yeah. So I've I've always been nervous about shooting at turkeys for headshots just cuz I feel like it's so much more difficult. But in the two times that you and I we've each had the situation happen where we shot a turkey and not found it. That situation just really sucks. Yeah. It it you've got no blood to track for the most part. Because even if they are bleeding, a lot of that blood's just getting trapped in feathers, just gets absorbed in there, and so you're really just kind of grid searching, and it, they're really hard to find, and they're really tough birds in general. Yeah, I mean, they can survive a lot. So, I I guess I I'm starting to be more of a a believer in the headshot for a bow hunter. Cause either, either you have a dead bird right there or 
you completely miss and the bird is unwounded and lives another day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, shotgun hunters shoot for the head. <laughs> I mean, that makes yeah. sense too, but like, it is interesting that you the shoot this, this sort of bigger body and the vitals is so small. Like there's a lot of space to, there's a lot of dead space there to miss. Yeah. Um, whereas like a deer, you know, front third of the body, as long as you're, you know, shooting behind that front leg. Yeah. In most broadside or quartering away type shots, like you're going to be hitting some vital material probably. Yeah. You know, of course yeah. there's variations there, but like there's, just, the there's a lot, the, the lungs are big and the, yeah. there's just a lot of like veins and um, arteries and whatnot that like, yeah. it's a lot more forgiving. I feel like than yeah. than shooting in the a big void of a, the middle of a Turkey. So, yeah. And I think the other difference there too with tracking is that even if you got a bad hit on a deer, you can still kind of figure out where it went and you can deduce like, okay, you know, it ran this far, it went here, it jumped across this, like, oh, this deer's probably going to make it. It's, you know, we've tracked it for a half mile and it seems like it's going strong. And the blood is very faint, and it's a certain color. And you know, there's all these different clues you can use mm-hmm. to try to determine like what's the status of this animal. Is this a lethal hit or not? With the turkey, there's nothing. Yep. There's there's really no blood. They don't leave any kind of tracks to try to follow. So you're really just looking for a needle in a haystack, and you, in order to find it, you kind of just have to stumble upon it. And that's that's what's really a challenge because we could have been looking for two or three hours and been in the completely wrong area because we went with where you saw the turkey go yeah. and as you pointed out there might not have even been that turkey but yeah. we just had not no other evidence so you gotta get kind of go with what you yeah your best guess so that's really a challenge yep it was too bad but it was a really cool you know on the bright side if there's one to be had it was it was a cool like scenario. It was a great interaction. Um, to to see you there was like that was pretty cool. And <laughs> you know, I, that yeah. that didn't I don't that didn't play a role. Like like I said, like that didn't really factor into the shot or anything. <laughs> in looking back on it, like it was just like, oh, Mike can see me. Like <laughs> this will be cool because <laughs> I just yeah. felt like I felt very confident. I felt very calm and like. This turkey's locked in on my Jake, and uh, yeah, but like I felt just like yeah, let's do it, like like let's get him. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, didn't happen. So didn't happen. That was uh, first time I'd shot at a turkey, I guess. So yeah, the other thing that I that you had mentioned earlier is that that spit drumming. I'd never heard that for myself until this year. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd heard various podcasts and, you know, YouTube episodes and stuff of turkey huntings where they've talked about that. And I'd never really known what they were talking about until I heard it in the woods. I'm like, that must be it. That's got to be what it, they're talking about. It's quite a bizarre because they weren't that morning that you and I were hunting. They weren't gobbling at all. All they were doing was just drumming, Yep. which is really interesting. I don't really know why. 
I would, my guess is that it was kind of windy and maybe gobbles weren't carrying as far as that like percussive drum sound, but I really don't know. I've, I have no idea. I've read that uh, in higher pressure. Well, actually, I didn't read it. It was, um, I think his name is the Turkey Doc. I'm going to look him up here as I speak to you here. Um, it was the guy I sent you the other day on Instagram. He was on the Meat Eater podcast. And he's a turkey researcher. And I think he, I think it was him that was talking about uh, in higher pressure areas, the gobbling is like completely correlated to hunting pressure. Oh. Um, and so they, uh, the, the drumming is equally effective, right? Like, um, it's still the turkeys cue in on that. Um, they don't need to gobble as much. Uh, so on Instagram, wild turkey doc. Um, he's a wildlife researcher. And professor uh, working with wild turkeys. I think he had like thirty some years of experience. Um, it's a pretty cool page. A lot of science uh, tracking and sort of um, just interesting turkey stuff. So go check that out, listeners, if you have any interest in turkey science. But yeah, I think that that's that was one thing. You know, who knows about those specific turkey? But um, it was interesting that there wasn't much gobbling, but a lot of drumming. So. Yeah, well, maybe that's possible. Could be, and it also they just didn't seem like they were totally engaged with the hen calling at all. Yeah, they they weren't quite. It didn't seem like they're like in the peak of that like mating season, I guess. Because. What you kind of expect is when you when you yelp or you mimic a, a hen call that a gobble will call back. Like, I hear you. I'm over here. Mm-hmm. You know, let's get together kind of thing. And they just weren't doing that at all that weekend. And yep. so I talked to Joe and Sue who own the property that we were hunting on, and they're very experienced turkey hunters. They've taught me so much about turkey hunting. And they just kept saying it's they're not they're sl- they're really slow to get things going right now. They're not they're not really going heavy yet. So as the season progresses, they're going to start being more responsive and that was definitely true. Yeah. So the the next weekend, I went out to that same place. My brother came down to hunt and there's there's a whole lot of room for a lot of people. So um I ended up going to a uh the neighbor across the street has about six acres and I set up over there and I actually admittedly, as I was walking over there, I kind of felt like I drew the short straw because I, I had no confidence over there. I had two different spots that I was really wanting to hunt. And my dad, I gave my dad first choice and he picked that one. And then I was like, okay, Derek, where do you want to go? And he picked my number two choice. I was like, dang it. All right. So I went over in my, number three spot and uh set up my ground blind next to this uh field that uh, i did not have access to i was about 15 yards about 20 yards off the property line i set my decoy up about 10 yards away from me i had a hen decoy had her facing me um the idea there was that if there was anything that came out into that field and they were strutting for her and her back was to them 
they would want to get in front of her. So they would have to come to me across the property line into the area where I was able to hunt and give me a shot at them. So that was the idea anyways. And as the sun started to come up, I could hear the, hear gobbling and everything was gobbling where towards where, where my brother was. So long ways from me They they were two properties over and across a gravel road. And I had nothing by me at all. There's nothing gobbling. So I wasn't feeling super optimistic. And I actually had hunted there earlier that week, one evening, and saw nothing. So I just was was not super thrilled about how the morning was going to shake out for me. But as I was yelping with a call, I could hear two turkeys in the distance that were repeating. They were gobbling to me because it was every time I stopped the call, they would both gobble back. They were a long ways away. So I just waited five minutes or so and then gobbled again. Or I'm sorry, yelped again and they, they repeated, they gobbled to me. And what I'm trying to do in that case is that I want the I want the male turkeys, the toms, to be intrigued about where is that female, where is she? Because she's not she's not coming to me. If she was coming to me, she would be telling me that. She'd be yelping and she'd be communicating that, hey, I'm coming. But I went silent on them. And so they started working to me. So every five minutes I would do that and they would they would respond and get closer and closer. And at one point, probably 20 minutes into this courtship, I guess you'd call it, uh, I, I yelped and they both, both toms gobbled at the same time and they were really close. I mean, you could hear that raspy, they call them thunder chickens because they get that like, <laughs> It is like a ground shaking. You can feel it in your chest, that thunder, like thunderous percussion, um, which that really gets your blood pumping pretty good. So at that point, I knew like, okay, they're here. They're looking for her. Just be quiet because they're going to keep looking. So I went completely silent. And two or three minutes later, they gobbled again. This time, they gobbled at together and they were about 15 feet behind me and I couldn't see them because the back of my ground blind doesn't have any windows. I nearly fell out of my chair. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was just like, it is incredibly thrilling. At this point you start shaking, you like get your bow and trying to like calm yourself down and you really, your adrenaline, you really got to get good at, controlling that it's funny how such a small animal can make you so (laughs) freak out yeah it's just like a stupid bird you know but man it's just when you're so into it and there's like all that communications happening and you're trying to strategize what your plan is and the plan's working and it's like all coming down to this climax it's hard to hard to keep it together and so what what ended up happening is they they kind of skirted me a little bit. They they popped out into that field about 15 yards away from me where I didn't have a shot. They went through a big pine thicket. 
and they went out into the field that I didn't have access to, and they the two of them strutted there. They were they were strutting facing the other way, away from me, and I was curious about. Well, I've been sitting here yelping for the last hour. Why are they looking in the opposite direction? And then I saw a hen. She was coming down the fence line directly towards me. And she kind of kept working her way towards me. The two toms turned, and they were kind of, like, bodying for position to try to, like, don't look at him. Look at me. Don't look at him. (laughs) I want the attention. The hen came into my decoys. And then they turned around and were strutting there. And she started to walk away to my right. And the two toms started to follow her. And I knew that they're going to follow her down that fence line forever because I can't get their attention with a, with a decoy if there's a live hen that's seemingly engaged walking down this fence line. So I kind of threw a Hail Mary at him, and as that hen was walking away, I just took my my uh, pot call, and I just made just a little, like, butt-butt sound to him, just a real subtle noise. And they immediately gobbled and turned, and they saw the my hen decoy standing there. So somehow, I don't, I don't really know why, but I was able to get them to not focus on the hen walking away from me, and they turned and they walked right to me. And they were kind of on a a jog, I guess. <laughs> and they got about 15 yards away. They both were facing me, and they gobbled again in my face, which that is, that's a first for me to have a gobble that close right in my face, especially when it's coming through the windows of your ground blind and then like echoing off the walls of the inside of that tent. It was so loud. So I drew back my bow. The first Tom, which was the smaller of the two kind of came up this little incline, came into the property that I had access to, started working its way to my decoy. And at this point he's probably, 12 yards away and I was thinking to myself the conversation that I had with you the weekend before like I'm going to go headshot I'm not going to do that chasing around a wounded turkey thing again yep and so I put the put the sight on its head and right as like you can like the way I imagined is like my brain told my finger like okay now but in the process of doing that, the turkey stood straight up. So it was kind of like pecking at the ground and its head was down when I was aiming at it. And immediately when I was about to release, it stood straight up and its head went up. And it was one of those things where you're like, no, 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 no. But it was too late. I had already let it go. And I shot the arrow right underneath the chin of that turkey. And I cut the beard off. <laughs> I missed it. Shaved him. Yeah, I shaved him. But I actually didn't realize I had done that until later. But I missed the turkey. The turkey kind of jumped and they walked, heard like quickly about five yards, and then they both gobbled. And so 
I had enough time in that moment to grab uh, another arrow, get it on the string, draw back, and then this time I was like, okay, headshot's out. We're going to go for a body shot. And and I hit the turkey really square. They both ran. And, and I did kind of similar to you, Jake, except I was in a ground blind. I was going to try to mess with the zipper of the tent. So I just like threw the tent up in the air and ran underneath it <laughs> and chased this turkey into the into the woods and uh he didn't go far though um so that shot actually ended up hitting it. I didn't even get vitals, but i I took its legs out and okay. it was as we were talking earlier about there's no blood trail when you hit it if you miss the vitals and you just get breast, there's no blood. This was the opposite of that. So they must have like incredible like vasculature in their legs. Hmm. So that it, he didn't go far, but crazy. That was just so much fun. I I really the only thing I regret about that whole situation is that I didn't have somebody with me. Sure. To experience that. I I thought to myself the whole time like god, oh, that would have been such a perfect hunt to have my wife Alicia with sure. or somebody new to have that like calling back and forth, work this turkey for these two turkeys for an hour to have them gobble that close. So you can like feel the power of that gobble. And then to have them kind of put on a show out in the field by strutting and then have them come at me. It just was, everything worked out perfectly. So it, awesome. it was, it was, it was really fun. It wasn't the, it wasn't a huge turkey. Uh, it was a lot smaller than the one that I shot last year, but I I don't it that doesn't matter yeah, to doesn't me. Matter. And it was and it was the smaller of the two, but hey. I don't I don't really know how you are how anybody could really be a trophy turkey hunter because <laughs> just getting a shot at one I think is a trophy in itself because it takes a lot of things to go right. Yeah, for sure. For it to happen, so. You don't see a lot of turkeys on the wall. Although, you know, <laughs> turkey fans, I suppose. But, like, yeah, yeah, it's not. Yeah, I, I so, wouldn't think about that. You got one. That's sweet. Yeah, it was, it was, that was really, really fun. And uh, really appreciative to the landowner for letting me get out there and to do that. I showed him the bird. He was super excited. So that's great. Yeah. Very cool. Well, yeah, that's a that's a great experience. That's like the whole, the whole uh, process that you got to experience. Like the whole, like like everything. You know, that's exactly what you'd want to experience. Like the the gobbling, the strutting, the, you know, you can watch them interact with a hen. Like all of that. Right there in front of you. That's that's the whole the whole deal. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I love so much about turkey hunting is just how interactive it is. If if deer <laughs> if deer could like scream at you in the woods, it I think it would that's like the only thing I could say it's comparable to. You know, if cuz deer don't really reveal their position to you by like making incredibly loud noises that startle you. Yep. Like turkeys do. Yep. Which is so that's so much fun their fatal flaw right <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah 
So That's have you been able to get out more, Jake? Yeah, yeah. I've been getting out uh, pretty much every weekend since then. Um, been going up to some public land, uh, you know, around the Twin Cities and have been on a tom every time, but uh, can't seem to steal the deal. So basically, um, I went to a new spot one day and got in there in the morning. There was another hunter, so I kind of didn't get to go where I wanted to go. I, and I kind of just walked with a headlamp and used Onyx to find a some sort of a clearing. Uh, and I, I set up on it. Well, little did I know it was like basically you know, adjacent to the parking lot of the public land on the other boundary. <laughs> so like I could have driven to it. But anyway, I sat up there and, you know, I heard gobbling from probably two to 300 yards in, in two directions. So there was at least two turkeys in my area. Um, and after they flew down, you know, after that, like 630, whatever time it was, they everybody went quiet and nothing happened until I think it was about nine o'clock and starting to get a little, you know, unfocused at that time. And I looked up and in this little clearing that I was in this field, um, there was just a bunch of turkeys like on the, the far side away from me, probably 180 to a hundred yards away, a bunch of hens. And shortly after as a, a Tom was coming up behind him and he was in full strut and he just strutted around for like 20 minutes probably um never really moved from his original location once he got into the field and these uh hens there was a couple jakes too they they did wander around um i tried calling a couple times and they actually came pretty close um the hens did and i think there was a jake in the group um which as the season has progressed, I kind of regret not shooting, but um, <laughs> his beard was so tiny that I, quite frankly, was a little unsure if it was a Jake. Yeah. It was like, you know, couldn't have been more than a half inch. Like, it was just this little stubby, like, tiny, tiny little thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, a, and a very small bird, to your point about not being a trophy. So I just, you know, it just didn't you know, that mixed with the fact that there was a strutting Tom in the field, it was kind of like, I didn't, I didn't really think to shoot that bird, <laughs> but, uh, suffice it to say they, they hung out for, you know, long enough and he just never came my way and they all wandered off, um, back kind of from where they came. Um, I've gone to that spot now most, yeah, most every Saturday basically. And, set up in little different areas. So basically the the way it lays out is that I'm sort of on the public boundary as close as I can get to the birds and they're roosting on private in these pine trees. And, uh, you know, I, I'm there as they wake up in the morning and they gobble and as they fly down, but they there's plenty of fields and other cover for them to work on this private that they just, it seems like they just wander around on, on the private for most of the day. Um, so I can't, I can't get them to come over and investigate me and my decoys <laughs> with my calling skills. I guess I probably, yeah, I don't know what it is, but I think to your point earlier about learning things, um, you know, this could be off base, but I think 
it's likely accurate based on that one interaction with the strutting Tom with the, the bunch of hens is that I think, you know, early in the morning when they come down, you know, he's got his, his hens that he's with mm-hmm. and to go wander off to find some hen that he doesn't know, uh, and leave his hen, you know, like to leave his hens that he already has, I think is a, is a stretch. Um, yeah. I think that's what's happening with this this turkey that I'm on. I can't get close enough to be in his fly down zone from his roost. Mm-hmm. I need him to come probably 150 yards or more, and I um, I know he's with a bunch of hens because I can hear him yelping and stuff in the woods. And it's just this. I think the the odds are stacked against me. Um, and I think that that's kind of what happened that first day that we went as well. That first morning when we could hear him strutting, it's like, you know, they flew down in the woods with a bunch of turkeys and they know that there's, I mean, granted, we were a lot closer. We were, we were very close. It wouldn't have required much of them to come check us out. But I, I do think that like that first early morning scenario, you got to be right on top of them or, yeah. or, you know know where they're going to be working towards because um, they've kind of got everything that they want in that moment. I think that's why people say, you know, a little bit later in the morning or midday, you get those cruising toms that that are sort of have been separated from the hens and they're out looking for somebody new. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've, I've given it, you know, given it a go through midday and I've seen, you know, a number of, of hens, but, Besides that one interaction with the, the Tom, I haven't seen any other gobblers or really heard of any. They, they, you know, the day is just quiet from that point on. I guess. Yeah. So. It gets tricky when they stop gobbling. Yeah. You know they 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 kind of stop doing that, kind of towards the middle of the day. Yeah, it's kind of like it's just it, all. It makes me think like, do you have to be like seal. a deer hunter and just sit, just hold tight? You know, just trust your spot and and hope that they come yeah. through, or do you go looking for them and try to try to see them on a field edge or or strike them up or something like that? But yeah, and no matter what you do, you always feel like it's the wrong decision. Exactly. Yep, that's very true. I got really aggressive on that on a turkey. Uh, I think it was two weekends ago now. Maybe, maybe it was last weekend. Yeah. Days are blurring together in COVID here, but, uh, yeah, I, it was, it was mother's day. That's what it was because I had a brunch of like a virtual brunch with my mother-in-law, um, at 10 o'clock. So I had a hard stop at nine and, uh, I heard a, you know, it had been all quiet and then through most of the morning. And then I heard a strange gobble, like in on public, in the woods, you know, maybe within a couple hundred yards of me, just one. And then maybe a half hour later, I heard another gobble and he was like in the same spot. So, and that was back towards my truck. So I just decided, I was like, well, Hail Mary, he's clearly, he's not responding to my calls. He's not coming my way. He's, he's in the woods over there. Um, I actually crawled, like I gathered, I tucked all my things underneath this tree. I was like, I'll come back once I get to the truck, but I'm just going to go like try to sneak up on this turkey. Um, just cause it's a Hail Mary. I got it. Like I got to go. I have a hard stop here and it's whatever. Let's go try it. And I crawled to the woods. I made it to the woods and then I got a little, 
probably a little rushed, a little impatient. I didn't know quite how to set up and I, I started crouching and I, you know, walked a little bit and then I heard a, a noise and I look off and there was a turkey running away from me. Probably, <laughs> he's probably 60 yards away. Um, but he was in there. I, I think it was mm-hmm. a Tom. I mean, it, there was a gobble, you know, two gobbles and there was a turkey that I saw. So it's been, cl- it's been a good season. I've, you know, it's been kind of frustrating to know that there's like a turkey right there, but you can't get to him. But yeah. it's also been fun to kind of have a spot that I feel like I'm not, I have not seen other hunters at, and I know that there's a turkey there. So yeah, there's time, there's, there's more time yet to be had. So yeah, we'll see if I can get on them. Yeah, we've had uh, some pretty good luck on public land. My brother and I, um, up towards the center of the state, there's some land kind of in the Brainerd area that we've been hunting. And Jake, you and I have hunted out there before and actually seen quite a few birds out there. Never anything that we've gotten close enough to shoot at, but we've seen birds. And uh, so... Two weeks ago, Derek and I, my brother, went in there and we set up right where you and I had been before, Jake, and and uh, we kind of determined that I was going to do the calling. Derek was not going to bring in any sort of blind. He was going to brush himself in and we we're going to sit apart from each other because of social distancing. And um, so we sat about 10 feet apart. I was facing uh, a huge field basically a sod field of on private land. And then Derek was facing the opposite direction. So we were basically covering each other's backs with line of sight. And he was looking into the public over some kind of brush cut stuff, some stubble. And we had put my decoy out there and about a half hour into the calling there were a bunch of toms on the other side of the field that I was looking at on private land. There's probably six of them just hammering gobbles over there. And so I was calling as loud as I could possibly call to try to get them to come over to me to make sure that they could hear me. And I looked at Derek and he gave me this kind of like panicked wide eyed. I could just like see the whites of his eyes and like this grimace. He looked like <laughs> stop. And he, he got a whisper out. He's right behind you. No way. <laughs> and so, and I couldn't see him. And there was a, a Turkey that was about 15 yards behind me working his way through some thicket. And, and Derek was like, it's a Jake. And I was like, shoot it. Because we're on public land. We're not going to be super picky. And uh, the Jake comes into the into the decoys. And at this point, I'm like craning my neck to see around the tree that I'm leaning up against in order to see this turkey. And he is kind of... I don't know, sidestepping around this hen to try to get a, I don't know what he's trying to do, just get a good angle at her or something, but he was kind of sidestepping around her and he finally turned his back to Derek and he drew back and at this point I'm like, oh yeah, you're toast because my brother's been shooting a new bow 
like religiously and been like backing arrows and amazing shooting with it. So I'm like, all right, he's toast. And he lets the arrow go. And immediately I hear this like sound. And I was like, what the heck? And the arrow went right into the ground about two feet in front of the turkey. What? So two feet short of the turkey. The Jake jumps and kind of runs behind me and I can't see it. And I whispered to Jack, like, grab another arrow. And I just kept kind of like purring at it, like with uh, basically trying to make a sound like a hen that's like, it's okay. Everything's fine. I'm happy kind of noise. Mm-hmm. And um, he just kind of stayed away. He was like checking her out from the safety of some brush for a while. And so we couldn't figure out for the longest time what had happened. I ended up being able to call that turkey back, but he just wouldn't, he would never engage with that decoy again. And uh, so that whole time we're trying to figure out like, what, what could have happened? I know he didn't hit a branch because I could see the shot. And so we're like, did he, what, my first thought was, are these broadheads that I bought 125 grain and he shoots practice tips that are a hundred, which basically means are the broadheads that he's shooting heavier than what he's practicing with? Because if that's the case, that would, that would bring the arrow down faster. Yeah. But had he not that, shot the broadheads at all? He had not shot the broadheads, mm. but I had the pack of broadheads in my bow case and uh, we looked at that later, and we're like, no, okay, so that's not what it was. Those are the same weight. That shouldn't have been a factor. Um, and as it turned out, later when we retrieved his arrow, it was two of his fletchings had flown off his arrow when he shot. Oh and gosh. so the sound, the sound that we were hearing was the sound of the, the front of the fletchings coming loose and then flapping in the breeze you know, in the wind of the arrow and then ripping off. And that was enough drag on two, on one side of the arrow to, to drag it down Weird. to the ground. And so it, it's, I was like, well, that's bizarre. Are you gluing your own arrow or your own veins on your arrows? And he's like, no, but look at this. And he grabbed his other arrows and he could like pluck the veins off like flower petals. I was like, what the heck? Maybe he's backing too many arrows. Or shooting, (laughs) you know, he's shooting such tight groups. Maybe he's hitting the fletchings. When I had talked to a few people about it, and we had talked about the, and I was like, what brand, uh, I don't know, what arrows, types of arrows are you using and stuff. And and, uh, I had talked to a friend of ours, Adrian, who was on our last podcast about it. And I told him the story. And he's like, was it this brand of arrow? And I was like, yep. And he's like, my wife used to shoot those, and she had the same problem. Hmm. And it's like the, I don't know if it's the coating that they use on that arrow that the adhesive doesn't stick well enough to or what, but so he's, uh, he's switched up his arrows and he's buying also the kind of, uh, fletching that is like on a shrink tube that you shrink onto the arrow, which is awesome, but actually wasn't the coolest part of that whole hunt. So later on, probably two hours later, I was like kind of similar thing should we go let's let's call it i'm 
you know, I'm hungry. It's we're both way underdressed. And Derek said, just let out a yelp and see if there's anything that will respond to us to let us know that like we should stick it out longer. So I do. And right away, three, three or four, I couldn't, I couldn't tell how many gobbles we heard, but for sure two of them that were within a hundred yards coming at us from the east, which we hadn't heard at all. Everything that we were hearing was coming from the west. Like, okay, here we go. And Jake, if you recall, this will really only make sense to you, I guess, but that field that you hunted the first time mm-hmm. that you set up in and you had those those Jakes kind of walk through that field, that's where those two Toms were. So they they were like, we're set up on the edge of a field. There's a pine grove between us, and then there's another small field that's in the middle of a bunch of pines, and they were in that. And they were working towards us. And uh, about five minutes later, Derek looked, kind of looked at me and was like, I see them. And he gave me a sim- signal like there's four of them. And I was like, wow, there's four Toms coming in. And I didn't see them at all because I guess my line of sight was where the turkeys were coming from, Derek was between me and the turkeys. So I couldn't really see beyond him because of his little brushed-in area. And the next thing I saw, was so bizarre, I look behind him. He's got his, he's like facing me. And to his back, I see the head of this turkey pop up. <laughs> and it's probably 10 feet behind him. And there's four. And it's four jakes. They were easily within five yards of, of Derek. They got That's so sick. close to him from behind that he couldn't move. He was stuck because they, they would have seen any sort of movement. And, uh, it was kind of the similar thing, Jake. I couldn't tell if they were hens or Jake's at first because of that, their tiny little tuft of beard that's just barely sticking out of their feathers. And so they were, they ended up being so close that Derek couldn't get a shot at them because any sort of movement, they would have been spooked and run off. But it was so Where did funny. they go? Did they just, like, walk walk on by? They, they kind of just, well, two of them stayed close. Two of them walked out to about 15 yards, but they just, they were in kind of tall grass, and they wouldn't approach that hen decoy. They wanted nothing to do with her. And so um, just never, never got a shot off. And then they kind of, scampered away back to where they came from but we had a we had a pretty good laugh i wish i it's one of those things where i wish i would film hunts more because my brother's expression when those turkeys were right behind him was (laughs) so funny because they got on top of him basically before he knew they were there and uh so my theory on this on what happened here is that those jakes were too immature to be able to to have that real raspy gobble that we had in response. And I've heard from a lot of people, Sue being one of them and Adrian, more experienced hunters than me, is that a group of jakes are bullies. They can they can be really mean and they will run toms off. Mm. So it'd be like a group of teenager group of teenagers harassing an adult yeah sooner or later the adults is gonna be like forget it like whatever 
I'll leave you alone. Just leave me alone. I, you know, quit bothering me. And so what I think happened is that those two Toms that were coming at me ran into that group of four Jakes and the four Jakes kind of bullied them away, kind of mm-hmm. pestered them away. Sure. So, cause you can, you can tell the difference between a hen, uh, uh, a Jake gobble and a Tom gobble. They, they sound different. And it's almost like a, a pubescent gobble in the Jake. That's kind of, it, it's more dynamic and it kind of cracks a little bit and the, it's got a little bit more of a, like a hen yelp sound to it, so I'm I'm 100% sure that that's not what I was hearing gobble. But it was super cool. It was I've never been or seen anybody that close to turkeys before without spooking them. That's awesome. And to get a shot at one was really cool. So yeah, sweet. It's yeah, some it good was, action. Yeah, it was fun. And then uh, the last story that I have for now, hopefully. We're going to give it like another couple weekends, hope, hopefully, if the weather uh, cooperates. But last weekend, we went out, same spot. We were going to go set up in the same exact area, hopefully hopefully repeat the same scenarios that we had experienced the weekend before. But as we were driving in, there was a truck parked right where we wanted to park. So this is public land, so you're likely to run into people. And so we parked further north and kind of walked south to see if we could just approach that same hunting spot coming from the north and hope that those guys that parked south of us headed south. Um, But as we came around the corner, they were setting up a ground blind right where we wanted to be. Hmm. And so we kind of were like, God dang it. Now what are we going to do? we got to come up with a new game plan. So our game plan at this point was like, okay, so let's just kind of wait for the sun to come up a little bit just to hear the for gobbles. And depending on where the gobbles are, we'll go there. And before the sun even came up, those two guys, and there were two people in that ground blind, they were calling like it was a choir concert or something. <laughs> I don't know what they were doing. From what I've learned is that you don't want to you don't want to yelp a lot before the sun comes up because the, the hens are still up in the trees, so they're not really like vocalizing that much. And it was nonstop. Yeah, it was almost like they had like just learned how to do it and were like practicing or something, but it was bad. So, so I looked at I looked at Derek's like, let's get out of here. So we went further north. We walked like a quarter mile maybe a little bit more further north. And the gobbling was once again across that private land in that pine grove. So I was calling to them, but I was competing with those two guys that wouldn't stop calling. And it just wasn't working out. I couldn't get anything to respond. So we sat there for an hour, hour and a half, and then got up and we went further north again. Uh, to get away from, <laughs> from the chorus of from from mouth call yelping, it was it was pretty obnoxious, <laughs> and uh, so we set up in a different spot further north, and I started calling, and immediately I was getting gobbles to my south west, 
So where the, I was hearing the gobbles before, but they just weren't responding because I think they were just so disoriented by how many female turkeys they were hearing in the distance um, or what they thought were, which was just that one guy. So they actually started working north towards me. I, had, I was communicating with probably two or three toms, and they were coming at me. And I worked this tom for like an hour. I would I would yelp. He would hammer back on a call, and every time I was like, "He's getting closer," and I'd wait ten minutes or fifteen minutes, do it again. And he'd just keep working towards me. Um, sooner and later, he came to like a shelter belt between a gravel road. He had to cra- cross a gravel road to a shelter belt, and the shelter belt came into a field, a grass field of private land. And I knew he had to be in that shelter belt. He stepped out into the field. And I was like, okay, we got him now because now I've got line of sight. He can see, he should be able to see the hen from where he is. And he's probably 80 yards away at this point and he's strutting. So I kind of make the happy, I'm a happy hen kind of sound to him. And he keeps walking towards me. Worst timing ever. (laughs) <laughs> that same white truck with those two those two guys that were calling consistently uh, drove that their truck down that gravel road mm. and I was like god dang it they're going to see that hen or the rooster the rooster the tom yeah. out in the field and they do obviously because they like slam on the brakes and they stop their truck. I'm like, well, first of all, if these guys get out, they're trespassing. So we got that problem on our hand. But they didn't. They turned around. The the Tom ran further towards me because he was startled by the truck. And then they turned around and went and drove away. So I continue working this Tom. He's He's gobbling back and forth, kind of hesitantly he's not super willing to engage with me or come any closer so i went quiet because now i just want him to be like he he's basically on a stage at this point like hey anybody any hen that's interested here i am because i'm out in the middle of a field i'm you know you know where i'm at come to me kind of thing so what i did is i just went quiet because now I want him to think he's lost his audience and he's got to seek her out again. Where did she go? Like she was interested, but what did, what happened? So I went quiet and five minutes later, I hear yelping to the North and Derek, my, my brother was sitting close enough to me. He goes, there's those guys again. And what they had done is they saw, they must've seen that that time was working its way North. They went up to the North and came down the public land and were yelping to that Tom from the, from the farthest North part of that field. Yep. And I had one Tom coming in from the North, one coming in from the West and that one that I could see in the field. And they were yelping consistently, those two guys and then to the North and the Toms were calling back. And it's a really common mistake for new Turkey hunters to when you get a gobble in return to want to continue the conversation. So it's like, 
you you yelp the tom gobbles you're like okay he's he's talking to me i want to talk back to him which is the opposite of what you want to do because as i said before if you give the tom the impression that he has an audience like he knows where you are he thinks you know where he is so he's going to stay put he's going to wait for the ladies to come to him he's just going to stay put and so that's what he did and so those guys must have gotten frustrated and they came walking and they came 75 yards from Derek and I, <laughs> and they sat down in a tree, like in a pair in, in jeans and black shirts. And we were like trying to chew them away. I had blaze orange on. So we're trying to communicate to these two guys, like get out of here. This is unsafe. You're too close. While also not spooking the time in the field. And, uh, we ended up being successful in shooing the hunters away. But as they got up, the Tom bolted. Yeah. It ran away. Dang. So it was, uh, that was really, that was really frustrating. But the situ, there was a lot of learning things that happened there. Yeah. You know, I learned a lot about public land and, and how to, how to deal with running into people, you know, how to be flexible and like, okay, plan B to always have a plan B ready to go. And then I learned a lot about just how much your calling sequence makes a difference. It's really important to, to less calling is better in my opinion. Just call enough that you let the Tom know that you're there and you're interested, but you got to play hard to get. Mm-hmm. If you're willing to talk to that Tom all the time, he's going to stay put because he's like, okay, she's interested. She's coming to me because that's just what they do. And uh, I think that that was the critical mistake that those guys were making is that they were calling so much and getting responses from turkeys, which is super exciting, but they weren't getting any, they, they were not going to have turkeys come close. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a fine balance. It's interesting. That's uh, some good tips there. Yeah. But it's fun to have action. We're seeing a lot of birds on public land, and and uh, it's a good excuse to get out, and we're going to be better hunters because of it. Yep, yep. There's always something to pick out of that. Yeah, so, that's the hard part, just having the A option, the B option, the C. <laughs> like... I actually do that with my Onyx when I'm like looking, you know, in bed the night before going like, do I really want to go to this spot? It's like, okay, you know, here's A, but there's probably going to be somebody there because that's such an obvious A spot. So like, where am I going to go after that? And, right. you know, kind of going down the line and, and then, you know, at the end of the day, you kind of got to get lucky. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a lot of that. I had a funny little, you know, I had hunted this spot that I'd found this turkey in and, uh, you know, I felt like I kind of worn my welcome out of that spot. So I was like, I'm going to go to a totally different new spot in this public land, uh, hop back on the, the freeway and, and go, you know, to this whole new area I've never been to before. And as I do, I get on the freeway and I look to the, to the West and I see in a field, I kid you not, like five strutting toms and probably five or six hens just a whole flock of turkeys yeah so i drove up and i'm like you know what like i should try to get some i should try to get permission and so i looked them up 
I looked up the property owner, called him. There was no answer. And I'm like, I'm going to just like drive and see if I can like see, you know, where this field is accessed from. And I drive by, I see a, a home and then there was a car and I saw some people walking around. So I, I drove in there. It's <laughs> like, I'm going to throw a Hail Mary here and mm-hmm. just like walk, you know, pulled up and said, Hey, you know, tried to be polite and just say, you know, I'm out hunting public land and I happen to see there's a bunch of turkeys in your field. Like, would you mind if I bow hunted? your property for the day and the guy was really nice he just said he he couldn't uh he didn't he himself couldn't offer the permission so oh um he's like i would if i could but it's not it's not my place and so i just had to you know lick my wounds and drive by <laughs> these turkeys that i've been you know searching for for weeks now and they're all like oh there's a bunch of them right there <laughs> i guess yeah. i'll go back to public and you know try to find the one but yeah. anyway it is what it is. It's 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 a fun challenge, and hopefully, hopefully, uh, I'll be successful, and that'll make it all the sweeter. So yeah, a couple weeks left. Yep. So that I think the technique now, from what I've been reading, is that less calling. Hens are going to be on their eggs now a lot more, mm-hmm. and so there's they're not going to be calling to toms as much because they're they're busy. Got it. Incubating their eggs. So do you so, just like try to intercept? What are yeah. the, what are the times doing? They're looking for. They're looking yeah, for they're looking. Hands. So from what I read is that you want to make more of like the the happy the happy turkey the happy hen sounds. Got it. Like the like the purrs and the little putts and you know yelping every once in a while, kind of more quietly, not not like a you know not in a desperation kind of sound. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm gonna. That's what I'm gonna try, and I've been doing a lot of the calling for my brother, which is it's fun to. Well, I guess it, it's fun for me because I'm I'm just focused on the calling aspect, and there's no pressure for me to like to do the shooting, which yep. is which is fun. So I've been enjoying I've been enjoying that. Sweet. So hopefully, hopefully we can get my brother's first turkey this weekend that would be that would be really cool It'd be really fun yeah so and i'll be uh i'll be looking for things that i can learn and reporting back to to the listeners about because <laughs> shortening shortening that uh <laughs> we've heard a lot of things about flattening the curve <laughs> lately and I think that can also apply to the learning curve for new outdoors people. Yeah, you know, definitely. We want to flatten that that learning curve. So like hopefully it. we can think of some stuff that some some things that our listeners can benefit from and report back in hopefully a couple weeks here. Yeah, for sure. So we're getting out in the turkey woods. Good luck. Tag us on your on your uh, experiences on Instagram, let us know how you're doing. If you're successful, unsuccessful, what have you learned? We're, uh, like I said, there's probably a lot of listeners out there that are more experienced than we are. And we can, we have a lot to learn. So teach us, please. (laughs) We appreciate it. All right, cool. Well, we'll be in touch soon. We're going to, we're going to try to be a little more consistent with some of these episodes and, uh, hopefully have some, fun stuff to share so we'll see you next time